0: I'm sad.
1: Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland Podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, Ryan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL Podcast. Good things must come to an end, and uh, tonight, I gotta say, probably the best Cleveland Browns football season in any of our lifetimes came to an end tonight. We're gonna get into it, Uh, Browns fall in Kansas City to the uh, defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs, 22-17 at Arrowhead Stadium, Browns fought to the end, uh, had some things not go their way, um had some things go their way, miss some opportunities uh you know we're gonna lament a lot of things we're gonna talk about a lot of things, but all in all the uh the football team made this city proud tonight tonight and all season, so we're gonna hang our head we're gonna hang our heads on that uh not I'm Dan here with uh Stephen Ryan as always I'm pretty devastated uh I'm sure Ryan is as well, I know Ryan is. And uh, I guess we're going to look to Steve to try and give us a little optimism uh, today. But I know he's hurting as well. So welcome in, guys. And, uh, yeah, away we go. So I, usually we start this with how we doing. So let's uh, let's keep to the tradition. How we doing, guys?
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm I'm okay. I mean, I'm not like super devastated. Obviously, it's it's disappointing that the Browns weren't able to pull this game out, especially after Mahomes ended up having to leave uh, with a concussion late in the third quarter. Um, you know, the Browns, I think, just they they just made too many mistakes early on in the game, and they they just got too far behind. I mean, if you're you know, we'll get into it later, but uh, I think the game played out almost as predictably as many of us thought it might. You know, once it got down to crunch time, um, ultimately it came down to can the Browns get off the field on third and fourteen? And well, we saw what happened there. So, uh, yeah. But but ultimately, you know, all the old adage is true: all all good things must come to an end. But um, like you said, I don't think there's any reason for the Browns to be ashamed. I think they fought their butts off today, and and the best case and point of that was Dan. After Baker Mayfield threw the interception at 19 to three, and Kansas City got a short field, within seconds of each other, we both sent texts saying, "It's over."
1: Yeah, I. And you know what's funny is I actually got uh, I got dunked on by my mom when I was after I said I'm like I'm like mom, it's over. She's like, no, it's not. It's not over. It's only the beginning of the third quarter. She's like, or, and I'm like, it's over. Ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, I was right because. The chiefs were at 19 points at that point and we didn't get to 19 but i will say that my pessimism was i guess a little ill-advised given what happened the rest of the game but you know credit to mom for uh for not letting me give up uh give up hope
2: and the funny thing about this is Dan, we've had games in the past where you've been very negative. You said it's over, and I've basically tried to talk you off the ledge. Today, I didn't even try. I thought it was over too. And yeah. I, even I, you know, last week I said, you know, this is a game where the Browns are going to fight. It, they just have such heart, and I underestimated that. Even today, you know, the, you know, because in most, almost all situations, you being down 16, and the Super Bowl champions having a short field. It's almost like there's almost a certainty that they're going to at least get points on that drive and not put it in the end zone, and you're going to be in a situation where you're going to be down three scores. I mean, it's like, come on. How, how could you possibly come back and win that game? But yeah, the Browns almost did. You know? It comes
1: from the quarterback, man. Uh, that quarterback that we got has stones. And uh, I, I'm convinced that if we don't give up that third and 14 and get the ball back, Baker would have went down the field and scored. I'm convinced of it.
2: Very, very well could have. I think that probably more than 50% odds that that would have happened. You know, Ryan, how you doing over there?
1: Uh, you know, I'm. I'm yeah, all, welcome. Right, we're five minutes in. I, I'm unable to get a word in.
0: I'm all over the place. You know, so uh, this was. It's it's a it's a terrible cliche, but this game really was one hell of a roller coaster because there were so many different ups and downs, so many things that we could you know that we got excited about and could latch to, and then so many things that were just such terrible gut punches, and I, we'll get into the blow by blow later, but you know, at the end of the day. We we had a shot facing the defending champs coming down to the wire. And I think it speaks volumes that uh, at the end of the day, Andy Reid went for it on fourth down. I think I was just going to go to that. I, I really do think that, you know, in the moment, you know, everyone's thinking like, wow, what a clever guy with this, that, or the other. You know, way to go for the jugular. I mean, it, that's what they were doing. But you don't do that if you don't fear the other team's offense. I'm we were con- rolling.
1: You know, I'm convinced he thought the same way I did which was I cannot give the ball back to this this kid at quarterback. Yeah. I just can't do it. And like you said, like conventionally, like like yeah, and you'd like to think that, especially with an offense like Kansas City's, that you should be able to get a yard anytime, any situation, you know, whatever. So why wouldn't you go for it on fourth and one every time? But as we saw in this game, and we'll get into uh, the controversial uh, no call down at the goal line uh, right before the half Uh. with uh, Rashard Higgins, but when Rashard Higgins catches that football at the seven-yard line and he turns it upfield, I mean, me, my dad, my brother had had already gotten off the couch thinking we had scored a touchdown. And what happened? He gets blasted and fumbles the ball, and it goes, you know, out of the end zone for a touchback for for the Chiefs. Like, there are so many things that – You know, it could be a low snap. Could, you know, we saw in the Steelers game, first snap of the game, goes over Ralph Spurs' head. For the Chiefs to, to not only line up and go for that fourth down, but to line up in the shotgun, in an empty set shotgun, was bananas.
2: Yeah. I thought for sure that this was going to be a situation where Henny was going to, you know, with, like, Eight left on the play just clock. He was going to walk the, up yeah, yeah. and then t- take the quarterback's de- I thought for sure that's what they were going to do. And then when they snapped in shotgun, I was like, "What are they doing?" And then of course I figured, "Okay, little out route to Tyreek Hill. Like, how are you going to defend that? You know?
1: Yeah. Well, there and are stuff. ways. There are ways you could have defended it, and we'll we'll get into it. GM uh, him at the line
2: of scrimmage, maybe. I
1: um, I, I I've I've defended Joe Woods the entire season because we didn't have the horses uh, on defense. But um, some of the calls that uh, were made in this game just were. I, that third and four, 14, when you the linebackers were backing up before the snap, before the, before the ball was snapped. Like I, I understand it, you on third and fourteen, you want to guard the you want to guard the, the the first down marker. But the way you play defense allowed Chad Henney, a backup non running quarterback, and yeah, he didn't get the first down, but he got thirteen and a half yards on third yeah. and fourteen.
0: I mean, our Kryptonite all year has been this—the the third and long. You know, we—how many times have we talked about this? Third and seven, eight, nine plus. Yep. It's just that's been our issue all year long, and there really is no excuse for letting frankly any quarterback especially one who's a backup especially one like you just said who's not known for i mean this wasn't lamar jackson this wasn't patrick mahomes and who, by the way real right. quick i do hope that pat mahomes is okay oh 100 you know like we we've talked about that i never want to win because people get hurt and right. i know that his his law lo- you know kansas city noticeably <laughs> felt the impact of his loss and i'm sure that that was a factor in this game as well but um, head and neck injuries are not a joke, so I, r- I really do hope he's all right. Sure. With yeah. that
1: said – He was tweeting after the game, so it, it seems like he's doing okay. I, who knows – I mean, this isn't a Kansas City Chiefs postgame show, but who knows if he's going to be able to play in the AFC Championship game. And if he doesn't play, oh. there's no way the Chiefs are winning in Buffalo.
2: I saw that Mac Wilson and uh, Patrick Mahomes actually had a, an exchange on Twitter after right, the game. Right, which was good to see so.
1: because – Apparently, no, I, there's I had, no I had, hard feelings. Well, there. I, had a t- I had a tweet about this, uh, and Miles Garrett opened his press conference. You know, obviously, well wishes to Patrick Mahomes, but he talked about the fact that Travis Kelsey was hot on the field after the game, thinking that like uh, Mac Wilson was head hunting or something. Like, I get it. Like, he's he's protecting his guy. Like, I, I get it. I understand he's defending his his quarterback. But there was nothing malicious about that that tackle by Mac Wilson. That was that that was just unfortunate. It was unfortunate that he hit his forehead on the, on the turf. And it honestly, it really didn't even look like a bad uh, collision with the with the with the turf with Mahomes. I, yeah, no, I looked nothing he got, when he got up and like it, it looked like his uh, it looked like his left leg didn't work. Like he he got up and he tried to take a step and he looked like he was gonna fall over. And have, you saw the glossy look in his eyes. He I didn't look like, right. I mean, his, I I you like, saw guys oh, like grabbing yeah. him
0: by the pads and kind of holding him up and moving him around. I mean, he he did not look good it was from just, the yeah. It's one of
1: those things where he just. He got hit in like the 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 I don't want to say right because it's not right that he got hurt, but he got hit in the right spot for you know the lights to go out there for a second. And
2: it, man, it is a funny thing the the human head, the human brain, because compared to what we saw last night with Lamar Jackson, you know him getting you know violently whiplashed backward onto the onto the turf in Buffalo. I mean, that looked a heck of a lot worse than what Mahomes had to go through today. Oh,
0: night and day. Right. And I mean, and Mahomes had been dealing with that toe issue all game long yeah. before that, too. I mean, so M- Mahomes was not right for the vast majority of this game. He's banged up, yeah. for sure. And I think that that's part of it. That is part of what contributes to the score. That One of the things I was thinking of, I was, I, I was looking for silver linings, and, and I was grasping at straws. And one thing I will say is, We kept the score a lot lower than I thought we would. You know, a lot of folks considered this to be, you know, it was going to be a tight game within a score, you know, three to seven points. I thought
1: for sure both teams were going to get in the 30s, maybe even the 40s. Oh, without a
0: doubt. And the fact that we kept that offense under 30 points, now I know that Patrick being out was a massive part of that. Sure. That's but, part of the game. But I mean, that, that's, that, that does happen, yeah. The fact that – I mean, that I don't care who's the quarterback. That team has so many weapons. I mean, you or I or – we, we could be back there slinging the ball around every once in a while. And, I mean, <laughs> with with guys like Kelsey and um, Hill and um, um, Hardman. Hardman, man. Le'Veon oh, Bell. God. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, they, didn't it, have,
1: they didn't even have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire today. Yeah,
0: and Sammy Watkins didn't play Sammy either. Sammy Watkins didn't play. You know, so, you know, that, that offense is – they are awesome there's no way around it make no bones about it I know yeah. our defense is also not very good either and so the fact that our not so great defense did find a way to step up and mo- I mean because like credit where it's due the fact that we were able to go from Baker's pick straight into no points I mean we Bucker should have put yeah. three on the board for them that was doink how yeah. many
1: doinks have, there were three right Tucker had two. Butker had one and today. And Butker had the one. Yeah.
0: Talk about, oh, uh, and again, like. Those we, are the two best kickers in the league. Quality kickers having yeah. a hard time. And at least, I mean, Tucker, you can give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt because the winds were like 40 miles an hour yeah. in Buffalo or whatever. And hey,
1: Parky Posse's dead. It's never coming back. But shout out to him today. He made, yeah. He made his kicks. He did,
0: what he, he did what he needed to do. Made a
1: 46-yard field goal in the wind. I didn't think he was going to make that. No. no I would way. have bet every dime yeah. I had that that was not no, going through. Right, and he right, drilled right. it. He yeah. He drilled it. Credit to him, man. Like I said, Parky Posse's dead.
0: It's not coming back. You know what's going to you know who what's gonna me? Who knows if he's even going to be our kicker next well, year? Well, that's what's going to kill me. Is that if this last minute, down the stretch heroics is what break, keeps his get, job?
1: Yeah, saves his job. So, I'll
0: be. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know. We right. got much Thanks bigger, for
0: hitting them, but get out. <laughs> we, we got much right. bigger problems than the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they're like, all on the defensive like side. Like every of position on defense.
1: Can I? Can I also say this? I, this isn't. This isn't going to be. Uh, this isn't meant to be a knock. This isn't meant to be a knock at anybody's toughness. This isn't meant to be a knock at the offensive line coach because I, I think we have the best offensive line coach in the NFL. Does any team get more offensive linemen hurt during the game than the Cleveland Browns? Well, I don't know what happened. We lost two tackles today. Who mind you, by the way, Blake Hans showed up again. He was great. He played great. He better be on the
0: borderline team sure. no difference. Yeah. When
1: I mean Con- Conklin Conklin went out last week. Yeah. Hubbard went out uh several weeks ago, was that 2 that the three? Jets game I think. Yeah, because yeah. I think. The Jets game. Yeah, because we didn't have him for the Steelers. Yeah. And then today you had – well, uh, Batonio went out because of COVID. Teller missed six games this year.
0: All that ankle Achilles stuff. Uh, and then today Wills went it, down. It's,
1: it's amazing our offensive line has performed as well as it has this year because we've had so many injuries on the O-line.
0: You know, they've not been – I mean, Nick Harris, by the way, who we're filled in. He's already out. I mean – I'd be fascinated to know how Michael many... Michael Dunn, d- yeah, who, Dunn who, st-
1: who was awesome last week against the Steelers. Yeah. He got hurt, went out.
0: Kendall Lamb uh, came in today. He's not hurt right now, not not that I'm aware of, but I'd yeah, be fascinated got, to know how many Kendall different... Kendall Lamb old, got hurt.
1: That's why Blake Hance went in the game. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right, with the hand thing, right?
0: Yeah, elbow, hand, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'd am be absolutely fascinated to know how many different offensive line combinations we've had this year. A lot. Between all the guys and all the different... Because Kendall Lamb has been uh, like a Swiss Army. He's
1: played damn near every position yeah. on the line this yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Blake Hance, a guy, a guy named Bla- hashtag a guy named Blake. Yeah, uh, he came in and uh, played left guard for us in the fourth quarter uh, last week, and then um, he came in. It was at the third quarter, I think. Second quarter, something like that. He played a while. And I mean, he—he I played, tell you what, he earned himself. tackle for us. Yeah,
0: he earned himself some money to, tonight. Between the past two weeks, he's—he's—he's sure. he's, he's definitely earned himself at least the one or two year deal. And like. I
1: guess, I guess this is more a compliment on our offensive line coach. The fact that our offensive line is still was still so highly rated right. this yeah. entire year. You can't put the... the with all the, you know, moving and shaking of the guys getting hurt and getting COVID and you know all that stuff. So. Yeah.
0: You um, can't put the durability issues man. on on the coach, you no. know what I mean? Like he can only coach the tech. I no. mean, it's not like they were doing anything that was radical to put them in harm's way. It was just yeah. normal normal stuff. I mean, these it's what happens when 300 pounds guys are all stepping sure. on each other and rolling on each other and
1: Yeah. I knew know. As, soon, as soon as Wills went down in first oh, play I'm like he's not coming yeah. back in. No. No. You can't you can't have a tackle with a bum ankle. It's just not going to work. Hard time Guard, you could you could possibly get away with it, but tackle yeah. in their in their drops on uh, pass sets. No way, not on a bum ankle. Can't no. do it.
0: It's uh, yeah, that was tough. But I tell you, I mean, kudos to them. And
1: again, Baker got sacked. I think twice today. Yeah, twice.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, Baker had a night, man. I, I know he threw that pick. That sucked. I mean, there's you know, but that was his second p- uh, pick in what eleven like, games, like ten, yeah, ten, eleven weeks, yeah. something like that. I mean, he he has done such a one eighty from last year. And what I love, 100%. what I love about it in this game too is that. So yeah, he threw the pick and that sucked, but they didn't let that be the wheels falling off the uh, the bus moment. Sure. Same thing with the the no call at the end zone with the fumble. I'm sure, they kept like, coming back. They like it's so many time and time again, we've seen this before with too many Browns teams where like they hit one or two of those little roadblock moments, and instead of finding a way to figure out their way around it, they just give up and melt down and implode. Yeah, and they didn't do that. And that yeah. all again, all of that, I will not stop beating this drum. This goes back to a couple guys. It goes back to Jarvis Landry. It goes back to Kevin Stefanski. It goes back to Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield. We've got a core of guys that have flipped the script on the culture and the All attitude. young,
1: too. I mean, I think Jarvis is the oldest guy. Jarvis is the old guy in the room. 28. Uh-huh.
2: I think, honestly, that is the biggest takeaway from this game. Because the Browns easily, I mean, easily could have just said, wow, yeah. We're, we're done, you know, yeah. and, and giving up the touchdown after the interception. And then, you know, this could have gotten way out of control. And quite frankly, it would have been expected for that to happen in that situation.
1: We have, we have one of the most mentally tough teams in the NFL.
2: Seriously, we do. They, they've been through the ringer and it comes in, from, in recent and,
1: and weeks. And 100% comes from the coach. I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit. Stefanski screwed up his challenges and his timeouts in this game. Ugh. And I... I was furious with the fact that we only ran the ball five times in the first half. I mean, but
2: That was not good.
1: But uh I mean, I, I, I get it. You're 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 down against Patrick Mahomes. Like he, you you I, I think he panicked a little bit and he got away from running the ball. Came back to it in the third quarter, and that's what got us back in the game. Chubb woke up and uh, you know, after his two ridiculous oh, drops in the screen. What happened game, to his
0: hands? Oh God. <laughs> I
1: mean that's you know, he had a Chub, third
0: too didn't he? I think yeah. The third.
1: third one got knocked out of his hands. Yeah, by a team and that lineman. that was a
0: tough one anyways. And he wouldn't fair. have gained any yardage yeah, on that. He gotten but, hit
1: immediately. Um, I I also I th- I didn't mean to go into this right now, but I also didn't like how Kareem Hunt didn't touch the ball in the first half. It was weird. Um, was weird. not even in the passing game. Uh, that's
0: why I was so fascinated that Chubb was getting those throw- tosses out of the backfield. Like, yeah. at, not that he can't. He had a rough time tonight, but. That's typically a Kareem thing. Sure. So maybe that was maybe that was Kevin trying to catch Kansas City off guard by, you know, oh, Huntson, so they're going to throw out of the backfield, yeah. so they left Chubb. I don't know. Maybe. Right. The, maybe this could have been a checkers thing and that got away from him a little bit.
2: The burning question I have is did Stefanski think that Kareem was not able to mentally handle this game, and thus he didn't want to put him on the field? Because it was bizarre how they – just didn't use. He just wasn't part of the game plan. It seemed
1: potentially. I, I also. I also think. You know, a lot of people were tweeting about how Kareem Hunt didn't get used, and uh, our buddy, uh, shout out uh, Matt Steigerwald in our group chat. He was. He was another guy that brought it up, not on Twitter in our text chat. Uh, you know, a lot. Most games throughout this year, Chubb gets the first series. Kareem Hunt gets the second series, and then they kind of just r- run the hot hand, like, um, at least throughout the rest of the first half. They didn't do that today. Um and I think I think some of it had to do with the fact that uh the Chiefs were just the Chiefs offense was just on the field the entire first half. Um like like we've lamented all year the Browns couldn't get off the field. The Browns have the worst fourth down defense in NFL history by percentages. Not not, just, not not this year. NFL history. No, that
0: doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I mean, I, and, and I would be fascinated to know what the third down stats are because they can't, can't be a whole be, lot better. Can't be much better. Because you don't get to that many fourth down no. opportunities. You know what I mean? Like, can't be much better. Like, it's just, we can't, I don't know. It's, I keep going back and forth between, like, is it just simply that we don't have the personnel on defense or is it a Joe Woods thing or is it the combination of both? And and, and it's in all likelihood it is some – sloppy combination because sure. nothing exists in a vacuum sure but there there was just this defense I just can't get over how bad they were against the third and fourth and long situations it's just it's nutty it, it just shouldn't it, if they were even a 25 fr- percent better if they
1: were a fraction better on third and fourth down this is a wildly different game it for me, for me it comes down to the linebackers. We we can't cover running backs out of the backfield and we can't cover tight ends. We haven't been able to all year. Like I get it, Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in football. He's gonna get his. Um but that third down to essentially ice the game, uh, where BJ Goodson was just in no man's land and had no idea that the running back was going out to the left. Yeah. Um, obviously that hurt. And uh I love BJ Goodson, like played hurt today, played on a sprained shoulder uh we have the worst linebackers in football. Well, yeah, I don't know. I If you I, could name a worse unit. I, you know, Taki Taki's improved a lot this year. He's been opportunistic with interceptions and Sure. uh he's he's good in the running game, but uh like if if you told me that I mean he stinks. All of
0: our starters I would be fine keeping any one of them as long as they were second or third yeah, on the depth so chart.
1: I'd be, yeah, right, exactly. I'd like, be cool with keeping our starting linebackers like, if they were no longer starters. Right.
0: If we had guys if, – if B.J. Goodson and Taki Taki
1: were my second string right. guys, I'd be happy as a clan. Yeah. And then who knows about Jacob Phillips. He needs to stay healthy, and then he's a rookie, so maybe he improves year two. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they definitely I, – I think, I think we're drafting 25th or 26th, which – we're not going to get into draft talk today because that's not the time. But uh, whatever that, whoever the best linebacker on on the board is, that needs to be our pick, twenty five. I mean, that, I, or potentially edge rusher.
0: Yeah, I, you know, replacing Olivier Vernon is going to be big because, frankly, I don't think he comes back next year. I think someone else is going to pay him too much. Um, Probably, I, I think that he'll. He he cashed in hard, or he will cash in hard on the second half of this season. He he. That's the first that's if
1: the, he's able to come back, man. Yeah, that's I, an Achilles tear, and he's on the other side of thirty now as a D lineman.
0: I feel like somebody will overpay somebody sure. out there desperate.
1: He was very productive this year. Oh, I'm not, he, I'm not knocking yeah. him. his I mean, numbers he was a were godsend great. when Miles got COVID. Oh, absolutely. He arguably better when he
0: when Miles was out, which doesn't make any sure. sense. But
1: and he's very good against the run. That's something I did not realize until this year. Very yeah. good against the run. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I I'm not exaggerating. You we could draft a guy at any position on defense. Oh, right. And I maybe in the first round at least, maybe not corner. I'm gonna give Greedy one more year. The second Oof. year of injury nonsense. who's to say he's I, gonna be anything, but I, yeah. I would say uh, edge rusher, I'm um, maybe not interior. I like our interior line right now. Who knows if we re sign Ogan Joby? Yeah, um, I
1: was thinking about that. It's unfortunate, but I I feel like with all the contracts that we have to consider this offseason, he could end up being the odd man he out. He might.
0: He well, and he could also do a Joe Showa where somebody else overpays him to go away, and, exact, we, just, and right. we just can't match. Yeah, exactly. And so I would hate it because I really like Larry. Yeah. I also know that he did have at least the, the front the start of this year was not great for him. He yeah. he got better Struggle, as things yeah. went along, but I mean everybody um, on our defense struggled. Let's be real. Yeah, that's true. But oh, yeah, I
1: know a lot of it. I know a lot of it has been uh, because of COVID. But Miles hasn't been the same player second half of the. Season. Season. yeah
0: no and he was fighting through all kinds of i don't know if he was it oh he was hip, that, that's that's hip. not
1: that's not me that's not me to, to downplay what he did today the no, guy, no, no a no. warrior i mean i'm i'm almost positive he he tore like an abductor or something. he's got
0: like a hip issue or a sports yeah. hernia or a, something was clearly not right with yeah. him and he still my, fought like
1: hell my i think i think it was my dad said uh he, it looks like he tore an ab muscle which i guess yeah. is i guess it's
0: oh yeah you could turn potential. i mean yeah abdominal oblique hip flexor it looked hernia. like an oblique because he kept
1: trying to go like this with his arm and like try mm-hmm. to like stretch the muscle yeah so I, I, w- I wonder if he you know whatever
0: it was he's clearly not right but honestly if you told me that we drafted an edge rusher a linebacker a safety heck even corner honestly i you know i wouldn't i would not have an issue with any of those a- yep. Anything defense. And, yeah. and we had better go out and sign oh, and that's the, uh, a couple I'm, guys.
1: I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I will be happy if the Browns spend their first, second, and third round picks in the draft on linebackers. That would be fine with me. Because uh, I, I, the corner thing, I hear you. I Free agency happens before the draft. I I anticipate us going veteran free agent at corner. Stefan Stephon Gilmore? let's go big ball out baby i mean just throw your nuts on the table and go for it i don't just yeah yeah um but uh you know you have denzel who's still young if greedy comes back he's still young um you have you have a lot of young depth guys kevin johnson is is the one veteran we have there i think there's a spot for a veteran corner is um, Kevin
0: under contract, or was he another one-year deal that was? Exp- he might
1: be a one-year. I forget. He might be a one-year. Yeah, year. I don't know. A lot of the, we that's... had a lot of like Carl Joseph, and Dejo. Uh, oh no! Kevin what Johnson. will we ever do without employee twenty-three? <laughs> employee number twenty-three. Good lord! Hey, you know what? The last two games we haven't heard his name. So yeah. that's credit, a good thing. Credit where it's due. Cr- You're right. <laughs> credit to Sendejo. Yeah, You did not get uh, blasted by Ty- Tyreek Hill.
0: Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I. Let's, I mean, uh, safeties. I like Harrison. I'm I'm cool if Ron yeah, Harrison I'm, I'm sticks great. around.
1: Her- Harrison's great. Um, um, I'm uh, le- I, I kind of want to get into it. I, I I don't want this to be like an off season show yet. Uh, I f- I feel like we need to get into this.
0: Uh, talk about the best rule in football.
1: Yeah, and 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 <laughs> uh, and and the, and the blatant miscall. Um, that in, that insane. the blatant miscall that uh, um, forced the worst rule in football. Uh, of course, we're talking about the Rashard Higgins uh, fumble into the end zone at the end of the first half. Uh, guys, I don't know where to begin with this one because there are so many, so many layers to this. And, of course, I I, I said this uh, after it happened. I, I said uh, to my brother and my dad, I'm like, you guys know we're going to lose this game by less than a touchdown now, right? Because we, we, we got – Literally, it's one thing for something like that to happen in the middle of the field during a drive. That directly uh, caused us to not score a touchdown. Directly. It wasn't a hit that happened, you know, in a scrum, on a running play, you know, even on like a third down or whatever. That happened. That was uh, clear and obvious. There was uh, no... um, there was no, like, angle to where like the ref couldn't see it, right? Or something like all every single ref on the field was looking at that play. Here's what makes There's it worse: there was a
2: referee standing right next to the pylon on the opposite side. And he couldn't have been more than five none yards of away. them called it. Like, even, come on. Pause on all of that.
0: Even they reviewed the play to double check where Jarvis, or uh, yeah. excuse me, where Hollywood lost the ball to make sure that it was in fact a fumble out of the end zone. The fact that helmet-to-helmet, helmet, illegal use of the helmet, is not a reviewable call in right. the NFL, is bananas. Yep. I don't want to hear anything about, we care about player safety. It better if you can't, in the offseason. Oh, it
2: will 100. And if it doesn't, I will... Priority I'm, one for the competition committee. And this is not the first play we've had. If you go back and look at some of the plays that have happened throughout wildcard weekend and throughout the divisional playoffs... They are not throwing flags for helmet the helmet like they were in the regular season. I mean,
1: Travis Kelsey's going to get upset about Patrick Mahomes uh, getting hurt and call the Browns uh, headhunters. Uh, what are we calling Daniel Sorensen? Yeah. The thing that killed me, the the Chiefs' Twitter I, account. I know exactly. I was about to bring that up. They tweeted it. And they called
2: him Dirty, Dirty Dan. So par-
1: apparently, that's his, that must be his nickname. Yeah. Uh, either that, I have no either idea. that or they were just taunting the hell out of everybody for – uh, the ref's not calling that penalty. I
0: That was crazy to me. Uh, the fact that that even happened sucks. And it, within the context of the game, it's terrible. It's game-changing. It's all these things. We're all upset. Got it. Right. But the fact that the Chiefs t- uh, there, social media team doubled down on it and shared that with his – and I don't even care if his name is – like, read the freaking room. Right. How do you do that? How is right. that
1: – Right. Oh, my God. There, there needs to be targeting in the NFL, and the NFL needs to teach college – what targeting should be? The problem is the NFL is reactionary on everything, and it wouldn't shock. Honestly, it wouldn't shock me if they didn't change the rule this year. It could be two to three years down the line. The NFL might need this to happen to a more high-profile team than the Browns getting screwed yeah. on this call.
0: Yeah, if this happened to the Chiefs. Right. If the, if, the situa- if that play was reversed.
1: Oh, well, the, f- I, the flag would have been thrown. Yeah,
0: or if this was like a Brady-led team. If this was uh, – yeah. go back a couple years, if this was a Peyton Manning-led team.
1: The only reason why they made uh, pass interference uh, reviewable for that one year is because it happened against the Saints – at the very end of the game. Yeah, to so screw If, thi- if, if this would have happened, like, at the end of the game and the Browns are driving to win, and that that happened and caused them to lose the game. I would have projectile vomited all over oh, the Oh, I, I, there's <laughs> no way I would have been able to do this. I, I'd be driving to Kansas City right now to find these officials. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, it,
2: well, it gives get. you an idea of what Saints fans went through after the NFC Championship in 2018. That was gutting. 100%. Uh, think, think about how different the context of the
0: situation is Ruined you know, Super Bowl fifty three. Well, yeah, that's that's for damn sure. But this game sixteen ten feels a hell of a lot different than nineteen three.
2: oh yeah, yeah.
0: Even okay, let's just say even let's just say the ball's out at the one yard line and we and we fail to get in the end zone. We're still probably talking. A what field was goal. The,
1: what was the margin of victory today? Five points. There you go. How many points? Even, even if we missed the extra point, yeah. how much? How much? How many points is that play worth? Six. Uh, What's the margin of victory in the game? Five. Yeah. And again you know who knows if, if if we end up scoring that touchdown if if things end up you know there are whole different variables that may have changed right. throughout they, that game they could like have Patrick had... Mahomes maybe doesn't get hurt or something like that but I mean come on
0: yeah no there's there's a lot of things that that you know could have should have won a game all that jazz um, but I tell you what that leads into the worst rule in football the
1: Dumbest rule in all of sports. And
0: I feel at least somewhat validated because all of the major, you know, network everybody. football people, Fans of all teams, of the, the network, folks on Twitter, other, other
1: players, it's uh, yeah. Like you said, uh, analysts on, on every single network, everywhere, everybody was tweeting that that's the dumbest rule in the NFL. And,
0: and Dan, you said this, the idea that a team can, can quote unquote, force a turnover without actually recovering the ball. Yeah is crazy to me right and so again if you want to penalize a a team for fumbling into the end zone maybe the ball goes back to the 20 yard line or to the reverse touchback or to the you know the original uh line of scrimmage or pick a thing there could be so many different you know arguments on that where the ball should go back to and that's fine but the idea that the defense takes over the ball I, i saw somebody talking about well you know, Rashard should have known, blah blah blah, and should have gone out at the one. And I'm like, in what world? We're at that point in time. We're trying to get, we're getting ourselves into a shootout with Patrick Mahomes and all of his weapons. Right. I don't blame Hollywood for a second for doing what he did.
1: I don't. I don't blame him either. Uh, Stefanski kind of alluded to that uh, fact in the, the, the post game where he says, "We teach our guys, hey, don't extend the ball unless you unless you like absolutely know you can do it." And Bill Belichick actually teaches us the Patriots um, that they teach to not extend the ball, yeah, um, unless like you're at the pylon and you're just you're going out of bounds and you're trying to get it over the pylon. Got it. Um, but it's a fair I, it's say, a fair I'll point. Say this. Human nature in that moment, you're in a playoff game, and you could possibly score the biggest touchdown of your life and get your team back into it. I get I I don't fault Rashard Higgins one iota, and actually I'll find it. So. Um,
2: I mean, what he did was just instinctual I mean it, it, I mean, when he caught the pass, he was already starting to stumble, and I don't think he had already looked forward by that point. He was already across the five yard line, so I, for all we know, he didn't even know that Sorensen was coming a, at that point, so and he certainly didn't I mean, expect to get clocked in the side of the head, right. Now, I, I mean, mean, I know, I know, he sh- should expect to get hit, but I yeah. mean, not like well, that. Well,
1: yeah, if if, if Sorensen even hits him, but doesn't hit him in the helmet, Rashard Higgins doesn't fumble that ball. Mm-mm. The fact he got hit in the head was so jarring that he lost control of you know his firm grasp of his hands on the football, and that's what made it come out. And and also the fact that if this would have just happened like two feet further, that ball would have been across the goal line, and it, it would have all been moot.
2: Or two feet further back. It may have just gone out of bounds at the one-yard the line. True, true. So, I mean, so it's, here's it's a the, really uh, short range in which we just really got screwed, basically.
1: So here's – uh, um, after Stefanski talked about, you know, we don't teach our guys to, to dive and reach, you know, unless whatever. You know, we don't teach that. But, you know, obviously human nature kicks over. Um, Stefanski followed that up by saying, uh, Richard Higgins is a warrior. He's battled all season long. I'm never going to doubt that kid's effort. Unfortunate play. I'm proud to coach him because he gives it everything he's got. Um if uh if anybody was wondering if Rashard Higgins is going to come back and be a Brown next year, I think that quote probably solidifies it. Uh and I don't think I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to allow Forshard Higgins to play any anywhere, anywhere else but Cleveland we next year. We should not allow that. He's yeah. been so good and I still I don't know what the deal has been
0: for the past two regimes, but until you know, for the entire Freddie year and early into this year, all of the all the issues with how maybe he's just like a jerk behind the scenes or something. But I haven't heard any of that. No, no one's heard mean, any of that. I don't, think, that. So. I don't I think, get I think it.
1: I think I think some of it came down to his practice habits and uh, maybe his knowledge of route running and stuff like that. Which I, I don't know. I'm not at practice, but I can't think of anything else. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think his teammates like him. Um, you know, you saw him celebrating with his, uh, Instagram live videos in the post game after the Steelers game last week and, and all that. I don't think it's that. I think sometimes maybe he hasn't has a little bit of an maybe he has a little bit of an attitude issue where he maybe thinks he's better than he is. Like we all love Rashard Higgins, but he's not very physically gifted as much as like a lot of the other great receivers in this league. Um, but Needless to say, I freaking love the guy, and I, I don't care. Give him a three-year, fifteen million dollar contract. Go ahead. Yeah. If bring he him
0: back. if he's cool being our number three, because make no bones about it, as long as Jarvis and Odell are in town, he will be no higher than number three. Which I'm I'm.
1: We'll have time to get into this. I I think Odell's going to be on the Browns. I think he will be. His his uh, I, I think I read somewhere that his uh, uh, the dead money if we trade him or something is like astronomical. He's,
0: he's big money. He, he's yeah. yeah it, it would be expensive, uh,
1: but right now we have it. So
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. I, d- I just want to take and I know again I'm getting back into the offseason stuff. I want almost every dime we have because most of this offense will be back. I'm sure there will be pieces, parts that sure. that you know that you know there's some one year deals on offense too or some expiring deals. I'm sure of that. Um, I don't know how much longer Treaders under contract. For example, things like he that. Just
1: signed an extension this offseason. Oh, think, did he really? I think, I, I think he's good for another two years. Oh, perfect. Because um, I did not I, know that. I think. Um, regardless, I think most our, of the our offense, entire, our entire offensive line will be back.
0: Most of that line should be most. Pe- you know, uh, the tight ends. Um, Joku,
1: I tell you what, man. Which shout out to him. He a hell of a game today.
0: Massive. Also, it was Probably fun. Probably
1: the best game he's ever played as a Brown.
0: I I tell you what, he just earned himself a contract with somebody else for
1: damn yeah. sure. Like he somebody else will see that and be like, "Yep, we'll pay for that." It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard for uh, unless we can get somehow get him on the cheap. It's gonna be hard for us to re-sign Joku because oh he won't come back because we've we've already given uh, Hooper the big money deal yeah. and then. You know he struggled a little bit his rookie year, but I'm sure the coaching staff in the front office still love Harrison Bryant. Oh yeah.
0: Well, look at I mean, think about how bad Njoku was with his hands early in his career, yeah. and, and then look at fast, and he's a fast forward yeah. to, to today. Travis so, yeah.
1: Kelsey, George Kittle, and I, I'm not saying that Harrison Bryant's going to be on those guys' level. I mean that's impossible to project, but those guys weren't superstar tight ends no. when they first started. It takes time. George it, Kittle was was a was a late round draft pick, pretty sure. Yeah, it'll so, take time. I'm not, I'm not. But yeah, at the end of the
0: day, that to to resign unless unless the tight end market is just abysmal this year and Njoku can't get money anywhere else, it's he, possible. he's. I mean, yeah, but he's not going to want to come back and be the third option. I mean, no. it, with all due respect, Harrison Bryant was drafted for a reason, and we sure. paid Hooper so much money. We're not just going to casually Gosh. drop him. Uh, Who, and you know, by we, the way, we dog,
1: we dog on Hooper. That guy earned every single cent oh, of that he was contract on that today. fourth down catch uh, late today. in the game. That catch was unbelievable. That kept a, that kept which the thing alive, which I still don't think
2: was a catch. What, oh. what, what
1: about that catch? Don't you think was a catch? It hit the ground. His hand it's, was under it. It doesn't that doesn't matter if the ball doesn't move.
2: Yeah. Which okay, segue. I think <laughs> that rule needs to be changed as well because it's just way too confusing. But if well, that's really he, what if happened. Have, I mean, it, he had he had,
1: like, he had bo- so so what you're saying? So that much of the ball hit the ground. That much, he had his hands like this, and it goes to the ground. The ball does not move. That's a catch. Hmm. It's a catch. It's 100% a catch. The ball doesn't hit the ground first. He catches the ball in the air, and as he goes down, he comes down, and the ball goes like this. The ball does not move. It stays in his two hands. He
2: has possession. That's 100 and a million percent a catch. You couldn't imagine my relief when I saw the Browns snap the ball and there wasn't a challenge because I thought for sure that was – and, Honestly, well, that, well, that's because I,
1: I think the Chiefs knew that they would have lost that challenge.
0: Yeah, I would have loved a challenge because that would have been a timeout. There's gone, but right.
2: that's
1: a nice segue, by yeah, the
0: way. Yeah, so yeah, well, that's Whoa. I was gonna say all this catch, no catch nonsense. The guy who, uh, whoever is responsible for like hey, challenge or no challenge, uh, who, the, the little birdie in Kevin's ear, uh, had a bad day at the office. The, um, so now,
1: I wonder if that guy even had a chance. Kansas City moved
0: it. fast on the first one
1: because the first one and the second one, Stefanski threw the red challenge flag out immediately. Yeah, and I think and I think it was all him because that play happened right in front of him. So uh, and, and at that point, I think maybe he got a little desperate. Like, hey, maybe could have been. Let's a little panicky. It was, right, because you know we had just punted. That was that. I think we, there was about what two, five minutes left at that point. Chiefs had the ball. And that was the first down play. They just went deep to Tyreek. Yeah. And it looked like he went down and the ball kind of popped up. And I immediately, I was like, he didn't, that ball hit the ground. Like that, I thought that ball hit the ground. It didn't, obviously.
2: Mm-hmm. Stefanski mm-hmm. must have had the same thought that we all had in real speed. That, sure. you know, with that ball bouncing around, that no, he, he couldn't no have held onto that. He, yeah. 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 Which by yeah, the way. I, the-
1: I think he was a little desperate there, which I didn't like, because I think the having the timeout in the fourth quarter is more valuable than because it I, I get it, it was like a twenty yard pass play, but if let's say you win that challenge, it's second and ten instead of first and ten for the Chiefs, like you lose a down, like I
2: I think he was thinking our best chance to stop them was to not let them get the first first down. Which yeah. as we've seen so many times Potentially. Usually when the defense does make a stop, I mean how often is it that it's a three and out? You know, yeah. once the other team gets the first first down, it's just like, okay, they get into a rhythm and the Browns really have trouble stopping and them even on not, third and long. That's not a bad point. And I I
0: going back a step before that, I really wish we didn't even punt with I know so it was fourth and it eight. was you third third and eleven. And In my mind, five minutes, I don't care who the quarterback is, Chad Henney or not, that offense is full of too many talented guys and our defense has sucks. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I just, I wish we just truly said, "Hey, we've got two downs to figure this out." And instead yeah. of getting just those first three, I wish we did something where we were able to get, you know, five, six, seven, eight of those yards, and yeah. then go for it on fourth in less than five. Yeah. I would have just rather gone that route because I didn't feel good about giving the ball back with that. You know, that w- at the end of the day, hindsight's our, always going to be twenty-twenty. But knowing our defense and knowing the skilled position players. I mean nobody would have predicted Chad Henney running for thirteen and a half yards. That was Whoa. hilariously gut wrenching. But the, the, the point defense that the,
1: they called on the, on that third down to me was a fireball offense. Yeah. But I mean, who
0: knows? I mean I Kevin doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's gonna emotionally overreact and fire no, somebody I, for that.
1: I, I'm saying I'm saying this with the with the complete and uh and complete anticipation that they the Browns are gonna and, and ultimately I think Joe Woods did he struggle at times. In game planning and all that, yes. Does he deserve a chance with more playmakers on defense to see what he can do as a defensive coordinator? Probably. So I'm I'm glad that Stefanski and the Brown, for once in our lives, please just bring the entire coaching staff back for uh, a second season.
2: Dan, I'm not as much in tune to the X's and O's of the game as you are. Why exactly? What was so offensive about that call on 3rd and fourteen?
1: Well, I didn't like the fact that our linebackers were dropping back into their drops before the before the ball was even snapped. Um hmm. I think at all times, I don't care who the quarterback is, at all times I think you need to have a linebacker that's at least in tune with where the quarterback is. I mean, he didn't it's it's not like he he it's not like he got out and ran and broke like three tackles to get to I he still didn't get the first down, but essentially he got the first down. Um, he didn't get touched until he was twelve yards down the field, right? And it took a really good tackle to to keep him from getting the first down. I mean, as soon as soon as he uh, got out of the you know rush lanes of the defensive line, and I saw that there was no linebacker there, my
2: like, game's over. Hmm. Is it just my imagination, or on the, when the tackle was made on that play? Did that? It was almost like a tomahawk chop, like attempt to try to get the ball out.
1: It, I... Yeah, MJ Stewart came really close to getting that ball out, and and if he did that, we we wouldn't be talking about this at all. Mm. But he didn't get it, so you know, I guess no crying over spilled milk. But mm. that was, I, I mean, at, at some point, I guess to Joe Joe Woods's defense. It doesn't matter what defense you call there. If Chad Henney scrambles for 13 yards on 3rd and 14 with the game on the line, that's a player issue. That's not You there there should be a player out there who is has the ability to recognize what's happening as the play's going on. That's fair. and figure out a way to stop him. If it was Mahomes who's more athletic, okay, that's one thing. It's Chad, it's 48-year-old Chad Henney who who doesn't run to begin with. Right. Rushes. rush essentially ices the game rushing for a first down on third and fourteen.
2: I cause I'm thinking your primary responsibility here is third and fourteen. Now we, we were debating before the play, was Kansas City just gonna run the ball and punt? I mean, I didn't think so, and obviously that's not what they thought either. But so your thought is okay, we just need to cover long enough for either our D lineman to get home or if he does manage to scramble out, you know, we've got guys around the, the I think where we got into trouble was we, we had so many guys down the field. We didn't have those two or three guys just you know camping around the first down line to wait for the quarterback. With when it, it was with out. It,
1: with it being Chad Henney in there on third and fourteen. If it were me, I I know we lamb basted Greg Williams calling a zero blitz on a hail mary attempt. I would have blitzed the hell out of Chad Henney on that play.
2: Mm. Yeah, I. It's twenty twenty, I guess.
1: Well, right, right, I, and and who knows if, if we do that, maybe. You know, maybe the Chiefs pick it up and he hits Travis Kelsey for a 26-yard bomb, and the game's over anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean it's
0: it's a it's a chicken and egg thing. It always ends up happening. It's like you yeah, know, do it your just sucks. If it you really send if you sucks. send extra guys after the quarterback, you could force you know by pressuring the quarterback. You know, you could handle the, the play. Or the flip side happens too. Sometimes there is such a thing as a coverage sack. If your DBs hold yeah. long enough, you could only you can get through the quarterback with four guys. Like that's yeah. again six in one hand, half dozen another. I agree with you personally. I would have loved to have seen even at, not an all-out blitz,
1: but you know, some, send send an extra guy or two. Send a safety. Send 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 send, a, send employee twenty-three. There you go. Why not? And even if it's even if it's a delay, because yeah. because even if Henny uh, Henny gets out, you know, Sendejo's close enough to Chad Henny that maybe he tracks him down and he doesn't get the i i i i go back to and uh, you brought up the point of thinking that. Uh, there was a possibility that the Chiefs would just run the ball on third and fourteen after Miles got that sack mm-hmm. and punt the ball. I think Andy Reid was petrified of giving Baker another opportunity to, uh, oh, to yeah. get the ball. I really do. The fact yeah. that they, you know, the fact that they didn't run a designed run play on third and fourteen and then they threw it on fourth down and one.
2: Was there really any doubt that they were going to go for it on fourth and inches?
0: No, I, I thought everybody on earth assumed that they were going to just try to draw us off sides in the punt.
1: The Browns thought that too, the way yeah. that they lined every, up. On
0: everyone that team. was, everybody, the way every Tony Romo couldn't shut up about how, oh, they're just going to, you know, hard count, blah, 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 don't jump,
1: don't why, jump. Yeah. Why on that play were our defensive backs playing off coverage on fourth down and one? Who cares if you give up a touchdown? Yeah, see if I, Tyreek Hill goes by you and scores a touch, the game's over anyway. You yeah, see,
2: I thought that was the less defensible defensive call, the fourth and inches, as opposed to the third and 14. Third and fourteen. I didn't think the call was that bad. We just didn't execute, and that could I mean, maybe. And maybe that was. I mean,
0: maybe Joe called the right play, and all the DBs just thought, "Nah, there's no way they're doing this. I don't want to get on the line and, and risk flinching and going offsides." I, or they just got lazy and they thought, I "No was, way." I,
1: for me, it was all a moot point because I I thought for sure they were coming up to the line and trying to draw us offsides, and Miles hadn't gotten his uh, his uh, typical. One offsides per game. Uh I thought for sure we were going to end up
2: jumping. Technically, he didn't because he was offside on a play earlier, but it was declined. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Well,
1: because we couldn't Uh. stop him all day, so they had a they had a really nice positive play on that play anyway. So they declined it. Uh (laughs) Yeah, it really sucks that we only gave up 22 points and we're lamenting the defense for not being able. I know that's so. And I tell you, it's like the Raider game. The Raider game, we gave up 16 points, but. Like, he just came away from that we, game. Feeling, should we be
2: being more critical of the offense for not putting points up in the first half? I mean, I know they got screwed over on the right. one but play. That's, see, you I, know, I, that,
1: that's what I'm going to go back to is the fact that we lost by, we lost by five and we got screwed out at, at least six points. I, you
0: know, Steve, you make a good point, though. I mean, there were – and, again, listen, I am not coming after Nick Chubb, but he had a couple drops on the day. There was yeah, a couple. The offensive he, line did a nice job, but there were some pick. You know, there were some blitzes where either the line or our tight ends didn't pick up blitzes accordingly, and it pressured. Back. I'd say what Baker's a different guy when he's got a clean, clean, clean pocket like he did last right. week against Pittsburgh. Now, granted, he didn't have a bad day today. I am not saying that, but oh my goodness, there's a. The difference. interception was bad. He made, that was that was bad,
1: but he I made still, one really bad play. Yeah. Late
2: over the middle is death. Ac- late over the in middle the across NFL. your
1: body, and the thing that I thought, uh, my brother pointed this out was uh I think Baker telegraphed it by pointing to the receiver, and Matthew saw that, and that's when he jumped. Because it, it was – Baker got, got out of the pocket, and it's one of those things, scramble drill, where you're pointing at your receiver like, hey, uh, cut off your route and come back to me. He was doing that, and I think Matt uh, Teron Matthew saw that uh, and uh, was able to jump that. By the way, uh, I know that a couple weeks ago uh, we – we got into a bit of a Twitter tiff about um, whether they should call flags for trash talk or whatever. How in the hell did Teron Matthew not get a flag for stepping over Rashard Higgins? No idea. After a catch in the third quarter, like what the hell is going on? No idea. Like you're gonna like I understand it's not the same officiating crew, but how do you call a, a taunting penalty on Jarvis Landry uh, against who are we playing that day? Who's that against? I can't remember. I can't even remember how it was. A, uh, oh, it was the Giants. It was a Giants game. Yeah. They called a taunting penalty on Jarvis Landry for that. But it's okay if Teron Matthew, the friggin' honey – I can't stand that guy. But it's okay for that guy to literally pull a Dr- uh, Draymond Green, like what he did to LeBron in the finals, and just step over Rashard Higgins after he burned him for like a 20-yard catch. Oh, it's okay if he does that.
2: Regular season versus postseason. The way I the t- way they're, t- they're calling these penalties. Such, they're not calling them such, now. I'm sorry. It's, I
1: don't like to curse on our podcast. That's such bullshit. I'm fired up right now. I
2: <sighs> preaching to the choir on that one. I mean, I'll just again I, I don't know if it's just because be the referees are like afraid to Throw flags now because they're afraid of like influencing the game one way or the other. But like, that's the thing; those refs shouldn't, shouldn't think. That's not right.
1: Don't. And the NFL. I don't want to hear one more time the NFL say, "Oh, we're looking out for the integrity and the health of the players." Don't do that and then not throw a flag on that hit by Daniel Sorensen. I mean, there's there's nothing about that where you could say like, "Oh, the ref couldn't see it. It wasn't textbook." I mean, that's uh, he goes like this and basically hits Rashard Higgins in the ear hole.
0: And it goes, and I I will keep beating this drum. It goes back to the reviewable aspect, the fact that you it can't even be rev- the see, fact that they couldn't even see it yeah. on they they saw it clear as day on tape. They're not blind, right? They know exactly when that ball came out, but they also know exactly how it came out. And for them to not simple, to, for them to not be able to go back and say, yeah, the ball came out here, but guess what? Sorensen led with the head, blah blah blah. You know, first yeah. in first in gold brown yeah, at the, I mean, the six inch they, line. They,
1: you're right. They need to be able to. uh review that i don't think it should be targeting to where the player gets immediately ejected i think he should that it should be a 15 penalty and a warning like if you do it again and then you're ejected uh, yeah um because 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 sometimes sometimes those helmet to helmet hits happen and they're not intentional right like this if, one was 100 percent intentional it, yeah and I,
0: I if it was a situation where i'm the ball carrier and you're coming at me and i lower my head to get low to stay low right which happens in a lot of and, running plays and that happens all the time right that's you know you coming at me. Yeah. You didn't come head hunting. If you ta- if you went with a form tackle at my mid midsection to wrap me up and hit me in the gut or the legs, and I just got low. That's you know that's not on you. Right.
1: Um, but I mean Hollywood was all the way laid out. Yeah. He was Sorenson fully was using stretched his helmet. Sorensen was using his helmet to try and jar that ball loose. Yeah. And it worked. And he didn't yeah, get it called for it. Needs to be reviewable. And like you said, it needs to come with a penalty. I think in that situation, the ball like it should. After the fact, after the the review, the ball should have been brought back to the spot of the fumble and then a personal foul penalty at that at that point in the field it w- it would have been uh it would have been half the distance of the goal at that point. Yeah. Half the distance of the goal, first and goal browns, ball comes back to the spot of the fumble and then the and then the penalty's tacked on. That it's not that hard. Like this isn't hard. No. It's not. But <sighs> like you said, I guarantee if the roles were reversed, that flag would have gotten thrown. Yeah.
2: It's the way the cookie crumbles. It's a shame. Again, I, I they're just asking for a play like this to happen in the Super Bowl, you know, hitting somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams or somebody.
1: Yeah. I hate the fact that we're bitching about officiating with I this know.
2: game, but I but know.
1: man, I we lost by five. That's a six. That's a six or seven point swing. And like you said, if the penalties called, and let's say the Browns go and don't score on first down, maybe they score on second down. Who knows if Kansas City is able to get that field goal at the end of the first half? I mean, if we milk- potentially a ten that that's that was potentially a ten point swing in a five point game. Yep, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> but hey, back to what we were saying before. Um, this uh, the mental toughness that this this team showed to not only have that happen to them, but then on the first drive to open the half, Baker throws that pick. To where we, I'm, I'm sure. Mo, I'm sure. I know Steve and I, and I, I don't know what what you, your feelings at that point were, Ryan. I thought the game was over. Oh, it is at all that bad. point, all bad. Um, I, I was getting, to, I was getting
0: every dark and twisted meme <laughs> I could think of to ready. start tweeting yeah. out. Yeah, it was. Uh,
1: hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah. The uh, I love the Ben Affleck one where he's just staring into space. Uh, but um, yeah, I uh, the the mental toughness that this team showed to for for those two things to happen. At the end of the first half, and then to start the second half, and then the rest of the game. I know Patrick Mahomes went out, but to outscore the Chiefs fourteen to three after that point, and get it to where, you know, the Chiefs had to throw on fourth and inches to avoid giving the ball back to the Browns for a potential game-winning drive. Um, that I tried to say this earlier, but we got kind of sidetracked. That's one hundred percent on Coach Stefanski and the culture change that they've uh, that they've had in. It, it's even a greater feat to me because this is the weirdest year we've ever experienced, not only in the NFL, in the history of the world.
2: Not only – so we would – obviously we wouldn't have gotten this far with the old coaching staff, but oh. <laughs> if Kitchens was still the coach today, we would have gone how badly would the Browns have lost this game? Oh. Well, we would
1: we wouldn't even have gotten to this game, but but assuming that right. we're just looking at this in a vacuum, if you take Stefanski off the field and put Freddie Kitchens on the field, my god, my
2: god, I mean, it could have been forty to three. Yeah. No,
1: yeah, no, I mean, sure. You know, not a, you know, I don't want to kill Freddie Kitchens, good good guy and whatever. Because I mean, we saw
2: it happen so many times coach. in 2019 well, where where things just got wrong and, it's and not, the team and just
1: quit. And it's not just Freddie Kitchens. I mean, pick of the litter of, of coaches we've had since 1999. You put any of those guys in that situation. I mean, really. I mean, aside from maybe Butch Davis.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, could you mm-hmm. imagine? Romeo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Romeo. Good old Romeo. But, uh, you know.
2: He, cer- he certainly wouldn't have gone for it on fourth and inches. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey uh you know <laughs> yeah, so i man, i listen at times i've I've gotten a little bit uh perturbed with the fact that uh he some of his play calling the bottom line is we went 11-5, and five and we won a playoff game this year, beating the Steelers in Pittsburgh. So I can't bitch too much. This team was 0-16
0: three years ago. Yes. And we just lost a nail-biter to the defending champs and, and, and in the second round this, of the playoffs. And I'll say
1: this. He's, he's, probably, he's p- quite possibly the worst at picking coaches. Uh, John Dorsey's lighting up a cigar right now. Look at the yeah. amount of talent on this field today, and most of it is because of him. Yeah. For yeah. both teams. Both teams. The guy drafted pretty much all of... Kansas City stars, and he's drafted or traded for all of ours. If he didn't need – I mean, even look at guys that didn't play. traded for Olivier Vernon, who had a great year this year, went out with the injury. Odell Beckham Jr., you know, wasn't having the greatest year, but you, you can't deny the talent. And I don't want to hear all of this, oh, we were better without OBJ. Uh, how, how did the Browns' offense look without a deep threat today? You think a deep threat would have helped a little bit, soften up? I, I'll tell you another thing. It, it looked to me like the Kansas City Chiefs defense knew exactly what the routes that our receivers were going to run before they uh, ran them. I didn't think we had a wide-open receiver all day, except for that Higgins play.
0: Could have been that Antonio Calloway signing yeah i'm serious they they signed did you did you know that Steve? Yeah. Uh, they signed antonio Callaway to it's like a reserve- a future a re- contract yeah, yeah which is pretty much like hey, tell us what you know, and we'll throw you a couple
1: shekels. do you really think that he 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 knew what no Charles he didn't know what he saying? was doing when he was here he
0: <laughs> certainly doesn't know what we're doing now no i'm just tra- <laughs> <laughs> he didn't uh, <laughs> too busy. That's like trying to cheat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's
2: maybe, like maybe, trying to cheat maybe, on a maybe, test, uh, looking at the listen, person beside listen, you, but they don't even know what listen, the answers are. Right.
1: Maybe maybe Dorsey's a little sour that that he got ousted the way he did in Cleveland. He called up his buddy Andy Reid and and uh, was like, "Hey, oh, this is God. what Higgins is good at. Who this knows. is what Jarvis is good at. This is what blah 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 blah." I'm not saying he did that. I'm just. No. John Dorsey deserves a little bit of credit for the amount of talent that was on the field oh, today because and he, he drafted almost all of it.
0: Let's be perfectly clear: if he wasn't so bent on having a yes man as a head coach, he'd have hired Stefanski like Dee Podesta, you know, and we, we would have gone the route of Stefanski without doing the whole Freddie Kitchen. Another thing.
1: guy that's lighting up a it, cigar today. Job oh. well done, uh, oh, Podesta, yeah. D. Podesta. Not yeah. not only keeping his job throughout all the muck because he was he was part of one and thirty one, uh-huh. uh-huh. and I'm guessing, judging by the moves that he's been influenced them making since, he's probably not a big reason why they went one and thirty one. He's you know kudos to the Haslam for Haslam's for keeping him around, but like you said, he wanted to hire Stefanski last year. Yeah. And, and they decided just, to listen to Dorsey. Dorsey and, didn't want analytics. Dorsey wanted that, a yes man. Right. He, and you know, the rest is history. If it wasn't for his
0: ego and his attitude with regards to that aspect of the thing, I mean, in terms of finding, in terms of drafting talent, finding free agents, making trades, Dorsey was
1: spectacular, fantastic for both
0: franchises.
1: The culture doesn't change. You know, Stefanski. Lo, Stefanski deserves a lion's share of changing the culture in this organization, but so does. We've talked about it. So does Jarvis Landry and that doesn't happen if, you know, no John, John Dorsey, Dorsey doesn't trade for. Him. I mean, yeah. he traded a bucket of peanuts for him because the Dolphins didn't want to pay Jarvis. And kudos to him. He as soon as they traded for him, he paid him. Um so yeah, uh how great how great is it going to be? First of all, uh we're not on red alert right now for a potential coaching firing and then going through a Uh, coaching search also how great is it that we don't have to try and uh determine whether mac jones is going to be a good nfl quarterback or not right thank god because i don't think he is but people might disagree with me well it'll Uh, be that or uh, or like the or that byu kid
0: either one you know
1: come out of nowhere and and even i think he's going to be good but the track record of ohio state quarterbacks does not lend themselves to be good but justin fields like could you imagine uh not having like could you imagine being in the jets situation where you have a maligned quarterback like sam darnold who's been who's been almost as screwed over as baker had been until stefanski got hired with the coaching and the by the way i the think they revolving door
0: i think they found their stefanski with robert sala by the way they, they, they made a nice Very move so. they need to go find some quarterback guy to be their offensive coordinator and fix whatever the hell gays did to darnold
1: yeah. you know who wanted uh his team to uh interview robert sala and they didn't uh even request an interview Who's it? Deshaun, uh, Deshaun uh, Watson? Yeah. Well, they didn't even... I and mean, he wanted Eric
0: Biami
2: to did get you guys, a shot, did too. You guys,
1: did you guys see... And again, we're not a Texans podcast.
2: Yeah, the, the search firm that the Texans employed on their general manager search, Nick Casario wasn't even in the realm of conversation yeah. from that search firm, and the owner just decided to hire him anyway. Uh,
1: Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport reported today that there's growing belief in not, o- not only around NFL circles, in the Texans organization that Deshaun Watson has played his last snap for the Houston Texans. And I I I said this and uh Jordan's probably not going to listen to this so who cares. But <laughs> but <laughs> but in the span of I don't know, I don't know if or when Deshaun Watson gets traded, if it happens, it probably happens in the offseason sometime before the draft. But don't you think that the <laughs> Harden getting trade Harden b- becoming a malcontent wanting traded, getting traded and now Deshaun Watson becoming a malcontent and potentially asking for a trade and getting traded is penance for the Houston Astros cheating to win a World Series.
2: In a sense, I mean, <laughs> it I mean I'm, I buy it. it. It ruins two franchises in Houston going forward. Yeah. Um, obviously,
1: obviously, there's no correlation or cause and effect, but in a sports god, you know, universe realm, it
0: certainly feels that kind of way. Yeah. It's like, my thing is this, I mean, I, I've been on record and we're definitely getting off on a rabbit trail here, but, um, I've <laughs> always been on the side of like pro player empowerment and, and getting every penny you can while you can, because your careers are potentially so short. Yeah. And, and you know, if I'm a player and if I, if I'm your franchise guy and you tell me that I'm going to be involved in important decisions, not, not he wasn't demanding that he gets to pick and choose his guys he yeah. didn't even he didn't go that far he just said i want to be a part of the conversation and legitimately have a voice and here's the and thing they didn't even do and that here's the thing
1: that i think pisses him off more than anything the organization told him yes you will be part of it yeah they straight then, lied and then went behind his back and just hired whoever they want
0: how do you not how do you think that that's going to go over how, how are you good. that dense? How are you that? I mean, I mean, granted, this is the same owner that made that famous comment about you can't let the prisoners run the prison or the inmates run the asylum or whatever he said. Yeah. Like he, this is not a particularly
1: they, uh, they, and savvy the, owner. The 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 funny, the funniest thing about all of this is they gave him his contract. Oh yeah, like they, he's he got the contract he wanted, and they still screwed it up so bad that he potential like potential he hasn't officially asked for a trade yet but that's kind of the way that it seems like it's going he still wants out of there i wouldn't blame him you know if he oh that organization is a dumpster fire man
0: this is another thing and i'm not even trying to pile on them because there are other bad organizations out there but again this goes back to what we were just talking about how nice is it that we're not talking about head coaches we're not talking about first round draft picks so much we're not talking about this kind of massive organizational dysfunction yeah we're talking about okay so we clearly need to get it better on the defensive side of the ball sure we clearly need to get it better at one of these two positions and you know here's some free agent target we're, we're talking strategy, legit strategy not oh my god bl- hit the nuclear button blow it up reboot fire everything you know what i mean like yeah Granted, it's a small sample size. We're we're just it's, getting into this thing, but we finally have a little bit of what could be an honest to
2: god stable foundation, and that feels so
1: good. It's very hard to fix everything in one off season.
2: Yeah, no, that doesn't really happen. The great thing is, is that instead of being like all geeked up for the draft like we usually are over here, which I mean, some people are still going to get up for the draft, and that's fine. Oh,
1: I would, but I, but, I mean, I'm not going to get I'm going to get geeked up for it in the beginning of February, I, but middle of April, I'm still going to because number one. Hopefully, and and I pray to God that people are actually able to go. The draft is here.
2: Yeah, it is. And, you know, that's a big deal, Yeah, honestly. But let's let's think about something else here. People are going to be so anxious. There's going to be such anticipation for the beginning of the 2021 season. And consider this, guys. Mm. Of the teams that are still left, Buffalo, Kansas City, Green Bay, and whoever wins the game that's still going on between Tampa and New Orleans, it's currently tied 13-13. Um. guess what? We play next year, Green Bay and Kansas City on the road. Great chances are one of those two teams is going to take home the Lombardi Trophy. You know what that means, guys? There's a very good chance. There's a very non-zero chance that the Browns could be playing in uh, the season opening game.
1: Thursday night game, yeah. And if, and if it's, if it's the—you uh, know what's interesting, too, is Kansas City hosts Buffalo and us next year.
2: They could pick Buffalo too, which you know. So uh, mean, yeah, that's on, fair that's play on to tank, the man. NFL if they decide right. to do that. Right, but like,
1: um, but and, and all credit to Buffalo. I, I actually hope they beat Kansas City next year. I'm rooting for you, Buffalo uh, Bills Mafia. Let's go! Uh, they're probably the team that's as
2: yeah, like cursed, who, who, I
1: guess, as as us.
2: You know, if you're pulling for anyone else now that we're out, I mean, I would certainly be no, the, the I don't want to see. I, I don't want
1: to see Brady mm-hmm. win again. I, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing Breeze win another one right off into the sunset. I'm
0: kind of like so I actually got into a a, a disagreement with somebody on Twitter earlier tonight about like having backup teams. And I don't know how you guys feel about this. So we oh, can Oh, I 100% have a backup. Like team. I have I have a, like the, the US men's Yolte national team charged. in soccer typically if they make it out of the group stage in the World Cup, they don't go very far. So yep. then I I default yeah, to my heritage, which day. are the Germans and the Italians. Um, in the NFL, the Browns prior to this year in my lifetime don't go anywhere. So I have a co- one or two teams that I usually root for, and it's for yep. no real reason. It's I, I, I happen to like Drew Brees, so I'm kind of a Saints guy. Or Aaron Rodgers is a badass, so I want to see him get another – you know, stuff yep. like that. Um, so that I, that's
1: my team. It's the Packers. The
0: Packers and the Saints, either one of those, I would love to see get to the Super Bowl. But I have a hard time pulling against Bill's Mafia right now. I, I just – I, they're that's just another similar they're they're kindred spirits i feel like they kind of root for us i feel like we kind of root for them by the way shout out to rebecca a good friend of the show uh Big lions, shout out. lions fan who was tweeting with us that she was pulling for us and that if you're a detroit lions fan you're not same thing with for uh, the underdog browns in this game uh, you're doing it wrong
1: uh john foster who's uh good friends with jordan um he was he's also a lions fan he was kind of even before today he was kind of living vicariously through us every sunday he would tweet at us for the game talking about go browns you know whatever um, so shout out to him as well so yeah. that that's another friend fran- it, it's like it's like us the bills and the lions like the most tormented franchises in the entire nfl um you know hopefully hopefully the lions are, are able to you know pull it together a little bit and have they hired a coach i know they hired the gm I don't I think don't they believe hired a coach. No, yet. I actually thought Salah was going to go there because he's from there.
0: Yeah, that's honestly I wouldn't have been surprised. Um, but uh, I don't know what they're going. to – Yeah, Detroit's staring down a, a total rebrand here in a right. second. I mean, yeah. Stafford's probably on his way out. They're going to have to reboot everything. He deserves
1: it. Stafford deserves a chance to go to a to go to to, to go to a team that's like. All right, we we need a stable veteran quarterback, and and we can get we can do something in the playoffs. Yeah, there's a lot
0: of teams that you could plug him into that could make some serious noise next sure. year. That already have a strong defense. The Bears, play. heck, even the Jets, the
1: Jets, the Bears.
0: Yeah, the the Bears is a brilliant one. Yeah. I, I don't know if that, that would happen. Although in, I, the, in although, the division though. I've,
1: uh, so so following Big Cat and, and a lot of like other uh, Bears fans, I'm seeing on Twitter, they're dreaming big right now. They're t- they're trying to go after Watson. <laughs> I don't blame him. If I, I were, don't blame him for that, I, I think either. that's more likely than Stafford. I don't Stafford. either. With the defense, that when well, I think Stafford's more likely, just because of the the um, the amount that you'd have to give up to get Watson, and he still hasn't officially requested a trade, right? Um, but yeah, but again, we're going down. A, Ridiculous road. But.
2: By the way, instant update: the Saints just got a touchdown there. I had twenty to thirteen. You know, by the time anybody's pull.
1: listening to this, the game's going to be over. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, True. Not, it's not like we're live on the air, <laughs> uh, but it's fun to give updates. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I, but yeah, I, I know Steve. You're, you're, you're back. We're all. I think we're all in favor of backup teams, and I think, and I think a lot of that comes from. And Steve's a special case because he grew up. His dad's from Philadelphia. His dad's an Eagles diehard Eagles fan, so you know I get that. Like I, to me, it's one of the main reasons why I'm a i am I grew up a Browns fan and honestly stayed a Browns fan even though they they moved and then eventually came back was how much of a Browns fan my dad was. I think it would have been very easy for me uh, when the Browns moved to, to pick a to pick a new team and then have the Browns come back and suck for two decades and be like, "Meh, I'll just stick with the Packers." And the
2: thing is, if you were born in cleveland in the 80s or the early 90s like me and my brother matthew were there you were coming up in your formative years where you didn't have football here for a three four year period so naturally you were you were going to gravitate to someone else for me that was actually the miami dolphins back in the day for matthew it was san diego chargers and for your brother mike dan it was the uh, green bay packers you know, when Breck Favre was, you know, slinging it right. around. But again, so, so, so
1: just because of the way that we were brought up with my dad, like as soon as the Browns came back, you know, Mike, Mike's, uh, you know, Browns are number one, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, if the Packers win the Super Bowl this year, me and Mike are going to be happy. Uh, Anthony is a Tom Brady fan, so whatever team he goes to, Anthony's going to, that's going to be his backup team. He's going to be crying
2: into his Cheerios tonight.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it's it's a lot of how we were raised, and and like you said, Ryan, you're a Saints and a and a Packers fan. or your are your backup teams?
0: Yeah, just kind of casual, but um, right. You know, it's Browns first and foremost. We all know this. Haven't had a lot to root for, but I am incredibly excited. We've got a lot of just first and foremost, so much more talent than we've been used to having. And yeah. then again, the culture shift cannot be understated, and we've we've harped on that, and mm-hmm. I'm going to keep harping on it. Um, you know, we have a tough schedule, and that's something that I'll be doing a way too early preview for uh, keep an eye out for, on sure. the website for that. I'm going to be doing a way too early preview of the schedule.
1: Yeah, I notice really tough uh, road opponents, easier home opponents. I
0: feel good about like we could easily go like seven, seven one and one at home, yeah. at, at home, but we could also just as easily have some go serious like road issues on the road. On the road. Yeah, we're going to have I'll, I'll get into that now again. This Here's is, the
1: thing, though about that is we talk about that every year about how we play hard teams like either at home or on the road and those teams are at you know in years past are objectively better than us mm-hmm. i don't think you can say that anymore
2: other than green bay and kansas city i mean that those would be the two i would say right
1: and again uh who knows what's going to happen you know patrick mahomes went out of this game today and the browns had a chance to win it i mean you know everybody would saying everybody outside of cleveland would be saying it's a hollow win if the browns had come back and won just because mahomes went out like
2: oh, you beat the you beat chad Henney. oh i would have welcomed that discussion
1: oh 100% <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i would i would love to be uh be uh cheers and beers right now talking about going up to buffalo and uh you know and have taking the Steelers, out the mafia you
2: know and and whoever and colin cowherd and everybody else saying like oh you know well they're going to get clapped next week like, keep oh, making yeah. the hey, same hey. prediction. You're eventually going to be right. Hey, Chase,
1: uh, how was that clapping today, by the way? Yeah. Five-point uh, yeah. loss to the champs. To the refs. That uh, had a little bit of yeah. help. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to, you know, we're, we're going long here, but I, I kind of wanted to end the show and talk a little bit about just, like, what the Browns accomplished this year because I think we need to spend at least a couple minutes talking about it. Absolutely. I, I look at it. Here, here's the biggest thing, and here's the biggest reason why I'm so excited. There are two factors. When you look at an NFL franchise, there are two factors to where you look at and you're like, okay, I see that this is a su- bleh, successful organization and this is a successful organization into the future. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had 2007 when we went 10-6, and six, season of dreams, whatever. Um, but I think, especially, you know, hindsight's 2020, and looking back on it, I think looking back on it, we probably should have pumped the brakes a little bit and said, okay, Romeo Cornell's our head coach, and Derek Anderson, who came out of nowhere, is our quarterback. With this team, and with any team, the two factors are who's your coach and who's your quarterback. And I think this year answered both of those questions emphatically that we have both of them. We have the coach, and we have the franchise quarterback. We had no idea what Stefanski was going to be when we hired him. A lot of people hated the hire. Mm-hmm. Baker, Baker was a little iffy in a lot of people's eyes. Some people doubted it. I know Ryan and I and Steve, to a to a lesser effect, once he started uh, proving it more, uh, came on board. We never got off the the baker, uh, uh, the baker, uh, the baker boat. I guess we were we were uh, co captains on the baker boat all year, all the way. And we saw the fruits of that labor because we took a lot of crap for it. True, true. Um, <laughs> a lot of slander. And I'll, I'll tell you what the way that the the way that the kid played down the stretch, leading us into the playoffs, he accomplished something that no Browns quarterback has accomplished in seventeen years. He beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. No crying about. Oh, you beat our backups. Pittsburgh had everybody there. And he beat Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh,
2: which is something that Steeler Nation has not taken well over no, the last week. No, I really have not.
1: Yeah, and they're 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 taking like some sort of victory lap on Twitter for the Browns losing to the Chiefs. Like,
2: talk about not acting like you've been there. Yeah, well, right. that and,
1: and
0: frankly, it only makes your loss look worse. Like, yeah, right? obj- obj- like it's right. do you not understand that if you lose to a team that ends up losing, like. Your loss now somehow seems seems worse. Like how does how does that look like a petty yeah. child? But man. yeah, we've talked enough about them. I, I like I like what you're saying. Like the things that we have going for us. I mean, like the we have
1: an- we have emphatically answered those two questions.
0: And then I'll take that a step further. One of the next most important things in football and is is the offensive line. Can oh, you control the trenches? Percent.
1: And it's one of the biggest reasons why Baker was so successful this year.
0: Kevin Stefanski is going to be the coach. In my mind, should be the coach of the year.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't but
0: really. there's not a single coach that's been a more impactful hire, I would say, outside of head co- – at least w- with regards to non-head coaches than Bill Callahan. You cannot tell me otherwise. Yeah. He has completely helped retool. Now, granted, we had a massive infusion of talent with Jedrick Wills and um, Conklin. Yeah, and but credit still, to Andrew
1: Barry for that. I mean, the first two things he did was when the first day of free agency, they signed Jack Conklin, and then we used our first-round pick on a, on, a, on a left tackle. Yeah, and it worked because our, our running
0: attack uh, has been great all year, both running backs, spectacular. Um, I, I have nothing but respect for, for those guys and, and what they do, and they are a massive part of why this offense works. It's part of how Baker's gotten better. And and now, you know, this. the, the challenge going to be going forward is, okay, Baker's had this great year. You know he's minimized the turnovers. He's gotten better. Now it's going to be okay. Now we need to get a little bit better under pressure. How do you still make that throw with a little bit more heat in your fit? You know what I mean. Like sure. the next steps are going to come, but man, uh, the run game really takes the pressure off Baker in, in that area, and it, it, it the whole system works um, so much smoother.
1: Yeah, I think I think what you're going to see, and hopefully, you know, there's this natural progression where I, I think Baker takes a step back in the off season. It's like okay. I don't have to learn a new playbook i don't have to I, I i'm not going to get another offensive coordinator because to to this point i haven't to this point alex van pelt hasn't been uh offered any head coaching interviews knock on wood yeah i i think he's going to be here for at least another year um and even if he leaves you know he's he he's been great with baker but stefancy calls the plays so true and it's all, ultimately it's stefancy's offense um but uh You know, Baker's – he's not going to be starting from uh, step one this offseason. I think you're going to see him go from uh, a high school graduate level of knowing this offense and going into a college-level and graduate-level understanding of this offense and the intricacies that it can have because he's still probably at a base level with this offense and just understanding it. And I think what you're going to see is you're going to see him uh, take it to that next level and they're going to do some things in the offense next year that they probably couldn't do this year just because of uh, the understanding. And it's not just Baker. It's it's all the players around him. All the players, you know, are going to be uh, just more in tune with the with the offense because, like you said, offensively, we're pretty much going to bring back the same team next year offensively. Uh, save for maybe, you know, maybe we add a receiver in either free agency or late in the draft. Uh Tight end and Joku goes out. Maybe we bring another tight end in because yeah. Stefanski loves his three tight ends. Uh, so I I just I think the offense goes to another level next year, which is kind of scary because the offense is pretty damn good this year. Um, I
2: mean, we I'm just glad that all the guys they're going to be able to. Not have to go through exactly what you're talking about, having to learn learn a new offense in the off season. It's going to be a lot less chaotic. There's going to be yeah. a lot more time for some much needed R and R guys to get healthy. Baker can go home, and spend some time with Emily, makes a, f- <laughs> a few more commercials with Progressive, you know, and do whatever he's going oh, to do in the off season. Coming. And yeah, you know, sorry, Stephen A. They're here to stay. Oh, um, that guy. You know, that guy grew up, grew up, born and raised in and, New York, and, and he calls himself a Steeler fan. And that's exactly what they what they have should do for you know outside of ot one unless it's you know once it gets time for otas and minicamp and all that but uh you know sky's the limit for this group and i one
1: of the reasons why i'm so disappointed that uh we lost today was i wasn't ready for it to end and another nobody was no right and just the thought of it's over and we now have to wait eight months for them to play another football game seven months seven eight months if you count the preseason not quite eight months yeah. Almost, Yeah, um, it was so hellu- yeah, that sucks because a this, hellu- team, a ride. this team was so much damn fun this year, man. Um, from the progression of Baker, from uh, the way that the season that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt had, uh, just the fact that we're just, you know, like Wyatt Teller said in the video uh, after the Steeler Juju opened his mouth, it's just the same old Browns, mm-hmm. same old Browns. We're not the same old Browns, and hopefully – We've got a, f- a five- to seven-year window with this team.
2: You know, if I could make a direct comparison, the 2020 Cleveland Browns remind me of very much of the 2006 Cleveland Cavaliers, team that was just on the up-and-coming, um, had you know, under a, a star player, LeBron James, in this case, Baker Mayfield, for the Browns. Mm-hmm. And who did they come up against in the, in the second round of the playoffs? For the Cavs, it was Detroit, who had won the title in 2004 and had Come one game away from going back to back in 05 very similar situation came down to a decisive game uh you know obviously in football it's only it's one game and out in nba you know you have a seven game series but even for the Cavs that year it went to game seven with detroit so you know the next year the cavaliers were in the finals so it's i mean i think all of us would certainly take that sort of a, a leap in in 2021 because so- that would put us in the super bowl now. Let's
1: just hope uh Baker doesn't take his talent somewhere uh uh 3 years after without that.
2: without a title.
1: <laughs> it's a little different in football than it is the NBA, so. I don't but, think uh, Baker's going anywhere. No, he's not. And the, it's going to be interesting to see if if the Browns not only pick up his 5th year option but uh after his performance down the stretch in the second half of the season talk about uh, a long-term extension for him. So um I hope he gets it, obviously. I you know, been a Baker supporter since day 1. I remember tweeting the uh during the Rose Bowl, his senior year at Oklahoma, when they lost to Georgia in overtime to go to the national championship, I remember tweeting uh, QB one, and them and knowing then that's who I wanted the Browns to pick with the number one pick. Um, so it's it's like great to come full full circle with that and be proven right on something, because Lord knows we've been proven wrong on a lot of coaches and a lot of quarterbacks. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we
0: don't. We don't do that here in Cleveland. Yeah. What are we talking about? Yeah. So, um,
1: oh. but yeah, thank you, Browns, uh, Hell of for a, run. a great season. Hell of a run. I, you know, I said it to start the show. Um, best season since I've been. I, I, I'm sure people will be like, "Oh, that's pretty pathetic." But, I mean, it is what it is. It's the best season a Browns team has had since we've been back. Yeah. Statistically, we gotten we got it. We got further than any other team. Well. Since I've been back, yeah. Since I've been alive, it was the same as '94. But I mean, I don't remember it as it's far intense. as far
0: as my working memory goes. This is it. Seriously, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like right. the, I was four years old the last time that happened. You were just a couple years older, yeah. so um, you know. Certainly, in my adult lifetime, uh, this has been the, the absolute best, and it, yeah. it it sucks and it's heartbreaking, and it's an interesting debate. Like, would you have rather have gotten blown out and known? Without a shadow of a doubt they were the better team, or you does know, it does and, it suck a little bit have more?
1: Had, have had knockdown, drag out arguments about that our entire lives. Yeah. Most of them most of them have been about the Cavs. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm I I hate getting so close and losing that yeah. I'd almost rather just get blown out. Like I know, know that we weren't I know Steve best. doesn't understand that line of thinking. Yeah. But I
0: I I don't know if I have a good answer on it. Maybe I'll marinate on it later. I, I think for right now I'm just trying really hard to reflect on the fact that we 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 weren't even supposed to be here. We said it last week. We we're yeah. playing with house money, and 100%. God Lord, it would have been great if we were to you know been able to pull this thing out. But like I, I've said it before, we went toe to toe with the the reigning champs, uh, and had a shot coming down <sighs> to the literal wire. Uh, you know, kudos to the, the this Browns team. We've dogged plenty of guy, plenty of position group, um, coaching staff. I mean, it, it's the scrutiny is real. But the great thing is. Now that we have expectations. We have the we have the ability to scrutinize these guys, and, yeah. and, and we haven't always had that before. No, so you know it's going to yeah. be a long off season. I, I already want uh, I already want Browns football back, so I'll be excited when we start to I do know. some off season stuff and some uh, yeah. draft prep.
1: And I'm uh, I'm thankful for this because uh, after the debacle of last year, I and obviously this was before Ryan came on board on the podcast. I, I didn't know if we were going to do this again this year because mm-hmm. I don't know if I could have taken it again. Because there was, there was some episodes last year where, uh, for whatever reason, Steve wasn't able to make it, and I had to do post-game shows after losses by myself in my apartment. Probably not fun. <laughs> those were awful. <laughs> but, you know, I'm super glad to have done this this year. Uh, appreciate, especially Steve, not being a full-time member of the podcast, being here every week. I really it's appreciate awesome. that. And thanks, it's awesome. thanks for doing that.
2: I mean, how could I not be here? You know, covering this this ride, and I I only wish that as the season went on, I wrote more articles about it. I know the one last week was really well received, but uh, yeah, this really was a great ride for everyone uh, here across the city here at Living Off the Land. Well, and you have to do a so. you'll
1: have to do a season recap one.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, d- I definitely think that should be in the hopper.
1: Yeah, and then and then Ryan, you already talked about doing one uh, in the, for the off season and and the draft and and all that and and doing. Almost like an, a schedule game for the off season, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah we're kind of rambling because I think you know this is going to be our last postgame show for about eight months, but uh, and I don't think we want it to end, but as, as we started the show, it's kind of a nice symmetry. Uh, all good things must come to an end. so uh, thank you Browns for an amazing season. Thank you uh, Cleveland. It's it, one of the weirdest weirdest like I said weirdest years of not only our lifetime but maybe ever in this world. And it would have been awesome to go further and potentially, you know, go to the Super Bowl and win the whole thing. But it will be even sweeter if we're able to come back and do this next year when we're able to have fans in the stadium.
0: Yeah, who wants to win a Super Bowl when we can't have a parade anyway? Exactly.
1: I talked to my dad about this this morning. I'm like, I'm like, you know what really sucks is if we win the whole thing, we're not going to have a parade. I don't even I don't want even, to win I it.
2: Don't this even, year. Kid, don't even kid yourself there. Whether it's been official or not. There would have been something big. True. Oh, there would have been yeah,
0: chaos. True. Yeah, true. Chaos. Very true.
1: Yeah.
0: Y'all thought DC just got spicy? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey. On that uh, note. Thanks uh, Thanks for tuning in. Thanks
1: for tuning in, uh, you guys all here. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, check out uh, LOTL this week. Um, we've got a uh, special interview lined up from a local business. Uh, we're all about supporting local businesses anytime, but especially this time. Um, so... Uh, we're really uh pumped about that so look out for that this week um check out our website lotlpodcast.com where you can listen to all of our embedded links follow us on social media uh, at the lotl podcast and uh we'll catch you guys on on uh on tuesday night and when you listen to it on wednesday but uh for the for the deerfield gridiron postgame show that's going to be a wrap on uh, the 2020 season and uh we'll catch you guys uh We'll probably start doing the—we'll we'll, we'll do our season preview show probably middle, end of August. So about seven months, we'll uh, get it back going. And we mm-hmm. may we may pop in for a draft show or something like that or whatever, but— uh, Well,
2: it'll be considerably warmer and sunnier than it is right now.
1: I absolutely. Can't wait for that. Although I will say, uh, January hasn't been too bad with the weather. No. At least for usually. But, but anyway, uh, I'm Dan, uh, again, with Steve and Ryan. Uh, We will talk to you guys uh, next season. But uh, for our normal listeners, uh, LOTL144 will be out this week. Thanks, guys. Go Browns. Bye. Have a good night.